What up, everybody? It's your boy, Emmanuel. Appreciate y'all for tapping back in. And it's uh, Diaspora Disconnect Part 2, Episode 35, with my guy Shingy and myself. We're going to pick up right where we left off. So once again, it's the Socks and Sandals Podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. So anyway, this ah, this there's an onion here. There's so many levels and levels so and levels. levels and levels and levels and levels that you can keep going into. But at the end of the day, if we're able to zoom out and figure out what we can learn from each other, mm-hmm. you know, um, I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot that um, um, the culture, that African culture, has to offer to the African American community. There's a lot of stuff there that that um, can be applied and used to strengthen the community. Yeah. Well, so let's let's transition kind of back in in that direction. So once again, there. There is this gap between us, between mm-hmm. Africans and African Americans. Um, white people may not notice it, mm-hmm. but we notice it. Mm-hmm. A black person knows when they see somebody African, and a African person knows when they see somebody that's African or not, you know, or mm-hmm. African. Like it's, we know. Right. We can tell the difference between Ethiopian or non-Ethiopian. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's certain things that we pick up on, and we just kind of like stick to our own. Like, like I said, I went to HBCU, um, right across the street, like three, four blocks away from us was University of Houston. So it's just a regular, you know, predominantly white school, but it still had a good, you know, population of black students um, and Africans. And we had a lot. We had a lot of Africans at our school okay. too, but like. At, at our school, the African we did not really mm-hmm. intermingle like that. Yeah. yeah, and then um, and even at like, especially at, at university, like in the, in the white schools, they have like you know you have your black student union, right? You have your whatever club, this club, because you have to, you got to stick together because only a few of y'all are there, right. and so it's just like it'll be like I remember I would see like the the Nigerian club. That was the first time when I seen. Africans, I didn't know that they were African. I was like, man, these Nigerians, they look just like us. Yeah. Like, it ain't no difference, right. you know? Like, I wouldn't know it unless they were a part of that club or something like that. Right. Um, but there's this, like, almost tribal thing that we still have. Yeah. Like, do you do you? We also have that? it within the Africans, by the way. Even within Africans, it's well, like, yeah, I mean, we we're yeah. all we're all African, yeah, I, and so we we were over here, mm-hmm. and it's like we still have that mentality. So I'm thinking, is that normal, or is that right, or is it wrong, or like what can we do to break that down? Yeah, it's that's a, I think, you know, finding opportunities to get exposed mm-hmm. to to culture. See, yeah. the thing is like w- culture the importance of, of 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 culture is 
it gives you the framework of like like when I think about the things that I value in in the culture in our culture, it's like there's just there's rules around everything. Mm-hmm. There's rules around like everything has parameters around it as to like relationships between man. I can give you an example of like the family tree. We have like a sort of a family tree where your oh like your dad's siblings and your mom's siblings mm-hmm. they have sort of different so your dad's all your dad's family mm-hmm. people from your dad's side are your fathers everyone from your mom's side are your mothers mm. even the men but they represent the they're from your mother mm-hmm and so even when we talk about uncles and aunts, when I refer to my dad's brother, mm-hmm. my dad's big brother, I call my, my dad's elder brother Big Dad. Wow. Literally. Wow. You don't just say uncle. Yeah. It's Big Dad. Wow. And my dad's young brother is Little Dad. That's deep. I never heard that, mm-hmm. ever. My dad's sister has another title. Then on my mom's side, mm-hmm. my mom's big sister... Is big mother. Mm. Literally, if you translate it. My mom's little sister is little mother. And then my mom's brother, they also have a, they have a unique title. And on both sides, like your dad's sisters are highly regarded. They're, they're, these are people who you would never disrespect in any way. Mm. Same as your mom's brothers mm. in fact your mom's brothers have the same title as like a grandparent uh, uh, like as your grandfather so I they're like say you because we we call big mama that's that's grandma, grandma. Yeah. yeah 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 and then grandma that's a whole nother level that's right. a, that's even that's a whole sacred and that's we share that yeah because of the importance of, of of our mothers yeah so there right there that already just having that and what that what that does to you in your brain is that your dad's brother, your these people are not just cousins. Mm. This is your this is the person is the same blood as you. Yeah. This is your dad actually. Mm. This is your mom. And your mom's brothers are your spiritually your mothers. They've uh, um their influence energetically is from the mother's side mm-hmm. though they're a man yeah and then when people get married there's also all these other roles now like between you and your Renita's your uh, My- brothers mm. and sisters like with the brothers there's a, there's a certain you know um, when you are in their home you are the in-law but you have a certain a role you know if there's work that needs to be done around uh, the house if there's I, I'm not saying that you're a gardener but <laughs> there's you are there we gave you our daughter mm-hmm. this is from their point of view from mm-hmm. the mother from, from your wife's family we gave you our daughter gave you meaning we birthed her 
and she's now giving you children and allowing your bloodline to continue. Right. So she's very valuable and very important. Right. So so everything everything has that other layer where it's like you just can't roll up on them mm. in any kind of way. Right. Right. And likewise, the woman when she's with the father's family. Now again, I'm not we don't uh, this is just stuff that I grew up with. That's just mm-hmm. that's just my culture. Yeah. We we live here now. You know, we we try to enforce it with the kids, like you know, when they and when they they were, they refer to the to these people with those titles. That's good. And so it just it puts another sort of layer of responsibility, and not responsibility, but it puts another layer of what's the word accountability to each other. Accountability, yeah, yeah. So another thing that's very common is if I'm if I meet your mom. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like it, but I will. I would call your mom, mom. Right. I would actually just say mom, mm-hmm. and that would not be abnormal. And she right. would say son. And some of this again, this is stuff that you will find in the south and yeah, other places where the culture is. Yeah, a lot of this stuff does still happen. You not see? like to the extent, yeah. but no, it's yeah. it's way more traditional in the south and. Yeah. So this um, is some of this stuff is not that crazy, right? Yeah. You, not, you look at not it; it's not it. that far. Yeah. So far out of the realm of you know. But I think, yeah, but having that that awareness of that, even if it's mm-hmm. not like, you know. So these are, these are this, we're talking about culture. This is what, this is what I'm talking about. When but people, that's the thing. Like, we're not going to be able to institute culture unless it's over a couple generations. So what I'm more getting to is like us as we're 20, 30 something, whatever. And we're, we see each other industry in public in school in universities in in the workplace how do we break down like so in in my experience and you know what we talk about just growing up black in america i think there's just we don't have a we don't have trust there's a lack of trust for africans right yeah you know um and one thing i was telling my, my guy tim was like when i was coming up i was thinking like what country do you know? Maybe it's happened because I'm not a historian, but what country do you know where their people got pillaged and, and you know, just got conquered, basically? And that country didn't retaliate. But then but then again, the more I talked about it, I was thinking, well, it wasn't like we were at war with Europe, with Portugal, with Spain, with Great Britain. We weren't at war. They were coming in there. I mean, they were out there trying to conquer, but they were also making deals. Yeah, and I think <laughs> so. So there were very... so there so there were some Africans that were whoever like whoever was in Ghana, Ivory Coast. Like there were people who were profiting from that. A very, you know, yeah. a one percent or two percent that was profiting from the slave trade and all right, that. Right, right. And, and and the more you learned about it, the more I realized like they didn't know what they were doing. It's not like slavery is new. Yeah, and I think you know, <laughs> so. I think you know from what I, and you know from what I've been exposed to as well. I think there's a lot in there that has been planted there, mm-hmm. right? To make it seem as though like oh, we just sold these people off mm-hmm. because some of the history that I've been exposed to in what was happening in the in the area, and one thing that history will try and ignore is that. 
you know, the comedic slash Egyptian empire was there was fully functional um, up until twenty when well, the year two thousand and seventeen, because two thousand seventeen years ago, Alexander and them went into Egypt and finally mm. uh, conquered. Yeah, right. conquered Destroyed the pharaoh, mm-hmm. and even throughout all these religions, you will find that the pharaohs always looked at negatively. But this was a black king. Oh, yeah. 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 So even the religions have it built in that they're anti that. But this was, the pharaoh was not, the pharaoh was the leader of the world. Mm-hmm. The whole world. Mm-hmm. And, but even for the pharaoh to be, for the for the empire to, the African empire. Yeah. For it to fall the way it did. It did not happen overnight. It was, right. Thousands of it was actually thousands of years of erosion mm-hmm. of different invasions and invasions and invasions. Well, so it's mad invasions, like mad invasions, yeah. bro. So like for us to and get not to the just point where we, were, where we were weakened to that point where the slave trade could happen, that mm-hmm. was also a result of like just of a, of a weakening of of what the empire was of our ability to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time. You know, there was different tactics where they were, um, uh, slaves were being, or people were being tricked, and yeah. people were being tricked as to what really was going to happen with people who were being sold off. Like, and like maybe there wasn't it like, you know, tribes are, are war, you know, they're at war, and then you get prisoners of war. And I've heard stories even where some people came to trade certain things, and then they're like, well, can you give us, can you help us, like, carry it back? Oh, like that. So, like, we've, like, yeah, like there was trickery. Yeah, there was trickery. Yeah. Like, oh, so it yeah. wasn't, yeah. So, th- there was a lot of that, too. And I'm sure there was some some extreme cases where there were people who were just like, oh, I'm trying to sell my bro. Mm-hmm. But, and then there's another thing that has, that has come into my awareness, you know, over the last several years, which is that there's plenty of evidence that Blacks were already here. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Before the slave trade. Yeah, definitely. And it's not even... It used to be like a conspiracy theory type thing to say that. Oh, yeah. But if you go to the library of Congress or go to the library and look for books, when Columbus came, Mm -hmm. and he's describing what he saw in Spanish Mm -hmm. when he got to Jamaica and other places where he landed on the ship, Mm -hmm. he describes black people who looked charcoal-colored skin Mm -hmm. and hair like wool. Mm-hmm. This is what they described, who they saw. Right. If you look at, in California, St. Francisco, St. Diego, all these guys who came and set up all the missions in, in, in California. Yeah. If you look, what they said, I'm not talking about what they said they saw was black folk. <laughs> <laughs> if you go down to Mexico and look at those Olmec heads. Oh, for sure. They're Africans who are, some of those are carbon dated 1500, 800 BC. Yeah. We're talking 3,000 years ago that we was already here. So there's also a, a massive exaggeration of the, of the slave trade and of, of, the, of the volumes of people who, of volumes of people who came here the by slavery. Is, because there, there's a lot. We was here. No, but, but the funny thing is, 
There's a lot there's, of cool king, but there was a lot of and if you, there's there's not a massive exaggeration. There's a massive just like uh what's the word I'm thinking? It's a it's a misconception. If you look at the numbers it of how make many sense. of of how many you know Africans came to America? Yeah. Was it like a couple million? Maybe what two, three million? Yeah. That's not a lot of people. It's not a lot of people. That is not a lot. That's like Portland or that's like but, and, Seattle, and those are all of the Africans that came to me. So I'm, I'm and I'm, I might be off. Let's say two to six million, right? Yeah. That's that's uh that's a small state or some of it doesn't that's, add that's, up. That's, too that's a much. lot of people to bring across. But look, but what I'm in saying these primitive is, boats, it I, was only a couple million people that over over time, right, okay, came over time. eventually came to America. Right. But a lot of them went to South America. Yes, most of the slaves went to Brazil. South America. Brazil, huge, right? Way more than United States, right? Uh, and then the islands, you know, Jamaica in, in, in the Caribbean, right? right? And then the last of the Africans came to America. Came, came to the Americas, right. and so. Yeah, there, there had to, there was, and there was already people, definitely already people, you know, black people living in America. Yeah, and there's a bit, and, bit. and the Indians, what what they describe as Indians, some of it was just black people. Yeah, and so, listen, <laughs> so and so you see, the education system is focusing on that, right? But when are they going to focus on the fact that no, you're home. Because there, they, there's a whole psychologically what that does to you. Oh, that you came from up. a bowl or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay. But we were the, the narrative changes to that. You're actually home for that you reason. Already, you were here. In fact, this was you were the one running this place. This was you. Let's be clear. And we were going to Africa and back and forth and back and forth and for thousands of years. Yes. And the thing that killed, and then going to Hawaii and then going to <laughs> Australia right. and coming back and just cruising around the world, man, it wasn't a big deal, right? And so psychologically, what that does to you when it's just like, oh, slave, you know, it's the that's that's part of the whole. It's a part problem. of the oppression, yeah, and and that's why I hate, and I'm not even gonna miss. I hate Black History Month, yeah, with a passion, like. It's just reinforcing. Oh, it reinforces nothing but negative stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And like I said, all they teach you about is from slavery to now. Exactly. And sometimes not even slavery because they don't even want to talk about that. So all they want to talk about is when we got our civil rights to now. Yeah. They don't want to talk about when slavery ended from the ending of slavery in the yeah. 1800s to 19, so 100 years of terrorism. They yeah. don't want to talk about that. They don't. They don't want to talk about talk like about everybody that lived in the South. Like, why the hell would people just black people just move to Portland, Oregon? Like, why would we do that? Right. <laughs> why would everybody leave their family for no? Like, there is a reason why people did that. Right. Like, people didn't just oh, we're traveling to the new frontier because there's because... land out there for us. No, they didn't want us. Right. They got sundown laws in Oregon. I don't even think it's illegal to be black in Oregon on paper now. You know, I think it's still the same laws. They just don't enforce them. You know, so it's just like they don't want to talk about that but black history oh Martin Luther King oh they don't want to talk about Malcolm X no they don't want to talk about the Black Panthers and then I want to talk about the fact that the reason why slavery was abolished uh, slavery was abolished in the first place it wasn't because anybody felt bad no there was the mechanized machine that could pick cotton you didn't have to feed it <laughs> it didn't get tired mm-hmm. you put gas in it you put diesel and it picked cotton yep and the machine was more efficient than keeping slaves Yep. So one day they say, hmm, ha, okay, you know what, my bad. 
Well, they didn't even say my bad. I was like, just, ah, you're free. <laughs> so what are you free to do? At this point, you're free to go out onto the street. You have no money. You have no, no stake. You have no stake in what is happening economically. Oh, yeah. And you said, oh, you're free. So now you're out there and you're free. Well, we were now, supposed to get our, supposed to our 40 acres in a mule, yeah. but we never got that. We never got, yeah. <laughs> never got our land. Yeah. You know. So you're free. What were you free to do? Free to now... Free to get arrested. To, free to have to survive by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And by your actual trying to survive, your attempts to survive are now criminal activities. Right. And then, boom. So it's like, give me a break. Yeah. And yeah. so all these things that we're dealing with, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. But, uh... So yeah, back to to yeah to the original thing. I don't think that um, you know. I one thing I do find interesting. My brother moved here when he was nine or ten, and he moved to Seattle. Mm. And when he he moved at an age also where he was much more malleable and much more, you know. But he is more, he's, he, he grew up around African-American kids from Ghana, from whatever. Mm-hmm. And they all just, they're just all, yeah, bro. Yeah. I would be really interested in what kids would have to say. I would be interested to have some kids who are in high school right now. Mm. You know, if you talk to like about people who are like in the between like you know twelve to eighteen right now, mm-hmm. like they're growing up with Somali, they're growing up with in this community Ethiopian mm-hmm. Amine is Ethiopian, is Ethiopian, yeah, but yeah. he's he's African American for all practical purposes, right? Right, culturally, yeah. So, uh, you know, I but think this know is what? a fluid. You know, I think you... this is a fluid. This is a fluid dialogue and. What I see is like my parents' generation. I see a gap that is just there's no crossing it. Yeah, I see a gulf that's just like whoa. Mm-hmm. And then there's me who, us who, I think that we have we have a different um, we have different dynamics. Mm-hmm. And but I think there's younger generations. I think there's a whole other thing going on. Yeah, I think there's a there's a whole other thing happening there where I don't know how much, and I watch the NBA, NFL, I see all these Nigerian names, Okafor, Okafor, whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, oh, they open their mouth, they don't sound like, like yeah. Nigerian, Wale, right, right. Mm-hmm. So there's there is like a a melding that is happening. Yeah, I where guess so. It, it's it's just more it's more cultural. Like if you if you don't have an accent. You know, then you get accepted quicker because people yeah. don't know. Yeah, like, and, and you can I, be and, white, and, and when you, and you and, can be white and be in the community and be cool. Like, he's cool. He cool. Yeah. Is that not? Yeah, no, real. But the black barbershop is that guy was just like, wow, he speaks more black than everybody mm-hmm. in this room. It's funny you say that, like, that you say Wale though, because and Amina, because when I first when you look at them, they because they don't have an accent, mm-hmm. and like I said, when I I didn't know that. The Nigerian, I was like, y'all Nigerian? 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, y'all look like, you know, just, you like my cousin, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, we we definitely treat each other different based upon an accent yes. or distinct features. Right. Wale isn't distinctly Nigerian, at least to me. Right. You know, from, he just looks like, a, like I said, my cousin. Right. Uh, Amine, he looks different, he has a unique look to him. Right. But like, off top, I wouldn't, associate him with being Ethiopian. Right. He doesn't have the slimmest of facial features like they do. You know, or you know, Ethiopians or Eritreans and you know They have a feature you but, he, but he but when you but when you say it like, oh, okay. Yeah. But like his just his his way, his vibe about him, you don't get a traditional African vibe. Right. For whatever that's right. worth. You know? Um and if you look so at I, his name and I looked him up and it's like his first, his parents moved here, mm-hmm. three, four years old, whatever, or maybe he was born here. But there's also a lot to do with the generational stuff, yeah. right? Like when when we moved, yeah, and just the ability to even start this conversation, like for my parents' generation to even start this is just like they don't even they don't interest in that. Why they just go? Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are we even talking about this? For? I don't get time because they they already. They already kind of set, mm-hmm. you know. They yeah. grew up like in what they grew up in and what they saw thought was normal. Yeah. And then for me, I have what I feel like is normal, what I'm exposed to. Mm-hmm. But like, but really, um, I think this is a fluid. This is also slightly fluid. So I wonder. If, thing I don't know. It's just I just have this. Maybe I'm just too idealistic. I just feel like because because in America with the black struggle. We all like there was a point in time where we all had to stick together. Like we were all we all we got. That's it. Right. You know, everybody's against us. We're the minority. Yo, your skin folk is your kin folk. It don't matter who mama is who and who daddy is who. There was that tightness about us. Mm-hmm. Everybody took care of each other. You had to. And now, you know, civil rights, people start to get more opportunity, get more money. Um, and you just you get decent de-incentivized to do all that stuff together because you see all the leaders getting killed, all the black Panthers getting killed or incarcerated, MLK getting killed, you know? So it's just like, all right, all that black power stuff, we can't even, that's not going to work, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. you're going to die or go to jail. So now you just do your own thing. Um, and I forgot where I was going with that. Um, but um, what, was, what was I about to go with that? It sounds like you were kind of going to was like... Uh... There's more selfishness now. Perhaps. There's more. There's more selfishness, and man, I totally <laughs> lost <laughs> where I was going with that. But um, oh, so I was thinking like, why, why are we so? So I'm thinking maybe maybe this isn't a big phenomenon, even though we know that it exists. Mm-hmm. This disconnect. Maybe it's not a big phenomenon. Maybe if you know, white Americans go to France. Maybe they're not accepted with other French people. They're not. You know, maybe if white Americans go to Great Britain, maybe they're not accepted. Yeah. Just instantly. Right. But but they but they don't have that struggle. You know, right. and so because they don't have that struggle to to be accepted and to be included in the general population of what everybody else can do, 
then they don't have a need to like, all right, man, we, we family got to stick together. Right. And so with us coming out of civil rights and like us having to stick together, I'm just thinking like, man, and especially and you in Portland too. Right. Oh, everybody, you got to say what's up. You right. got to be cool. Right. It's only, it's only a few, it's only so few of us out here. It's only, Oregon is 2% black. Like you say hello to all your, you know what I mean? Yeah. All your nah, skin you, folk. Yeah. Um, except when it comes to Africans. It's like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's them. And it's, it's just automatic. Right. And it, to me, it's just, it's weird. And I feel like it shouldn't be that way. Right. But I think what you're saying, it's just, it's not necessarily about skin color. And that's the thing. America has made, made us so focused on race, right. which is not a real thing, but like we gravitate towards it and that's yeah. all we know. Right. And so we just, our minds think like that. Oh, they're, oh, they're he's black. Okay. Whatever. He's black. So he's, he's like me. What's up, my brother? What's going on? Yeah. And they're like, mm, no, I don't, I don't rock with you like that. <laughs> yeah. And you think they should automatically rock with you just because you got the same skin color. Right. But that doesn't happen all over the world. No. Yeah. And I think, and in, in, in it's, and to, to, I remember being shocked the first time I went to, um, to England mm. to find out that, you know, to be in some public place and I'm talking to a guy who is Welsh, from Wales. Mm. And he's like, oh man, you know, to hell with the British. I'm sitting there looking at a white guy who's looking at me and looking <laughs> at me going, and he didn't say to hell, he's another word that I'm not going to yeah. use. Yeah. And I, it completely threw me off. I said, wait, but whoa, 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 hold on. Because <laughs> I'm calling from Zim. I didn't have time to like dissect white people up into like, you're, right. it's just like, you're white, you know? <laughs> so then Sorry, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I, can't, I don't have time to like di- dissect you all out. It's like, okay. <sighs> but it was really striking because the guy was like, yeah, you know? So I was like, why would you say that? And he was like, well, I'm from Wales. I speak Welsh. The British came to my home, country, took my land, Mm. forced English on me, Mm. and now here I am. Wow. And I'm saying that I'm like, that's exactly what happened to me in Zimbabwe. (laughs) Right? Look at that. Look what we have in common. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it's like... you don't have might not have time to like dissect it because I got my own stuff I'm dealing with. But if you're on the ground there, even if you go to the UK right now, mm. there is a hierarchy. Mm. You moment you open your mouth, you're Scottish. Hey, hey. Wow. Welsh. They know. Yeah. I, I might not know. Right. Welsh versus Irish versus but really in other parts of the world things are a lot more Especially my experiences in the UK, it's things are there's more of a social. I almost want to say like a caste system. There is, there but is a, a there hierarchy. is a social hierarchy. Yeah, and just when you open your mouth, mm-hmm. if you sort of speak street, you're already like put in your spot. You look just like the other white mm-hmm. people there, but they'll pick you out right there, like you're over there. Wow. Yeah, and you will never. <laughs> Like, you're not... Social mobility is just not quite as fluid as it is here as well. Really? Yeah. Man, America's the best place to be. Yeah. Like, when I went there, I was like... Hands I'm, down. I'm, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be fair because when I was in London, London is just like New York. Like, a big city. It's a metro. It's all kind of people. Yeah. It's when you... When I went out to other... To the out there, I was like, oh, wow. You mm. know? And then I figured out I'm out in social settings. And I speak and people go... Oh, you speak posh, man. You speak you speak posh. 
I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, because I don't, I grew up in Zimbabwe where I sort of was exposed to a more formal British English. Mm. So even right there, like, they already had me like in a, mm. sized up or sort of like, oh, you're, you know, fancy. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. But things are like, yeah. Wow. Just by how you talk. Yeah. But anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I guess that, I don't know, maybe we're just answering our own questions. It's just, it's, it's cultural. It's, lack, it's cultural and it's a lack of understanding of each other. It's mm-hmm. the ignorance of, of, you know, and we're all hustling and busting and running around trying to survive. For you to actually have the luxury to stop and go, man, so what's really going on? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why, you know, why, what's your history? Why, why y'all like that? What's going on? Mm-hmm. For most people, people don't have the time. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm not often, but, I feel, um, you know, a great um, sympathy is not the right word, but I feel like it's very apparent to me the issues that are going on in the black community, mm-hmm. and it hurts mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. you know, and and I can and I've had time and exposure to people who've broken it down to me in certain ways. Africans who have. Mm. Like I was telling you about uh, the Earth Center, the organization that I was a part of, yeah. where this man came from West Africa, moved to the south side of Chicago, to the hood, and to set up a cultural school in the black community to help create culture for us. Yeah. 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 And so he exposed me to a lot as far as just thinking of what all happened and, and, and seeing and going oh man this is this is uh, it's terrible it's and, terrible. That, and we can help and we can help each other mm-hmm. but it comes from it doesn't come from big grand it's just like it's just grinding you know in your family in your community in how you carry yourself how you operate how you mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. and you know you're a great example of that just how you are and what you do that is the so people are seeing that right you know, people are seeing that saying, oh look it can be done it can be done yeah and then this platform that you've created here to have these kind of dialogues have people just open their minds to see that there's other ways of looking at reality or other ways of perceiving things mm-hmm. and moving things forward but it's it's also it's, a, it's intergenerational work. Like, this is yeah. not... No, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not anything that we're going to be able yeah. to, like... But if we can just kind of... Because even the cultural piece that you're talking about, I mean, some of that stuff, those dynamics are going on in the South. But um, it's going to take a long time take to repair time. the black family in America yeah. just because of what's been done. Um, especially, you know, you think about the criminal justice system, how it's... You know, it's, it's set us up to fail, you know, the way that we get sentenced, the way that we get charged, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the disproportionate amount of us that are in prison mm-hmm. versus, you know, the rest of the population. Uh, so there's that. There is. Um, I mean, there's there's so many there's things. So many things. There's so many things. So and it's and it's it just feels so many. Um, there's a lot. Of, it's just a big weight. Mm-hmm. that's there you know but you know Naba would always say 
what what you don't want what you don't want is you don't want a situation where which is a situation that I see a lot and this is not just this is just to, uh, for any people that are in a tough situation it's like if you are sitting in mud and you have mud all over your body you're covered in mud mm-hmm. and someone comes to you and says bro you're sitting in mud get up stand up and wash the mud off we've in a situation now where a lot of people will actually start to justify sitting in the mud mm. like well, ah, well I'm in the mud because yeah yeah. people get don't up. like to be criticized get up out of the mud wash the mud mm-hmm. now but that, you, that is really but also that person should be helping them out yes, as well yes that is more of a thing that works for me in terms of just the visual yeah and sometimes like I think that's why the, sometimes the power of like a story or a parable mm-hmm. because it's not of course it's not that simple it's but there, there are a lot of situations where you'll see that mm-hmm. in our communities and with people with uh, with friends, yeah, who are ah, you're always whining because you know, but then you always end up with the same kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Stop it! Right, <laughs> like you, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like there's some exactly level of it that's just like just you stop. have to take you have to be accountable stop for your actions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is a part of it that also that's just like we just have to, <clears throat> you know. But <sighs> it's tough, man. It's just it's like it's, it's just the amount of trauma. And so I, I used to be, I used to have that mindset more. The older I get, the more I learn yeah. about the the traumatic effects of yeah. what we've gone through. You know, anytime we come up, we get knocked down or crack. We didn't even talk about crack in the 80s, oh, man. Yeah. Like the family, that really destroyed the family, right? So, um, so many things that have brought us down. So I used to be like, man, you know what? If you're an adult, if you're an adult, you can make, you have the freedom to make your own decisions. Yeah. You have the freedom to strategize, to yeah. plan, to do whatever you want to do, yeah. to create the life to, that you want to live. Now, not to say that it's going to be as easy as the next man, right. but you have the freedom to do it. You still have choice. You know, um, now you do. Maybe not back in the day, but now there's yeah. so many resources that you can choose to do whatever you want to do. And you can yeah. read whatever book and employ whatever strategy you want to employ. Right. Um, and so I, I made it. I used to think of it as that black and white. And right. not to say that you can't do that, right. but you know the the emotional factors and and the family factors and totally. all that type of stuff can hold you back. But We're at victims. the end of the day, we are victims. Victim. We are victims, but we do not have to be victims. Right. It, and that's, acknowledge that's, that's, that, and then you acknowledge you go. it, and then you just we have to press on. Like we can't keep looking back. Right. We can't keep saying, "Oh, well, this happened. Well, that happened. Mm-hmm. Well." You know, that's all. Well, well, I'm I'm in the mud. Like, I, you know, that's that's my mama was in the mud. My daddy was in the mud. My grandma was in the mud. And I'm going to be in the mud. And you think you sedity because you ain't dirty. Well, you, you probably need to get dirty. So you would be better off. And, you know, it's just like we we take on like the 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 endearment with the hood. Oh, man, you got you can't lead a hood. All right, man, you got to blah, blah, blah. like 
truth be told, the hood is not where you want to be. I mm-hmm. mean, some people, you get comfortable because that's home. Everybody wants to be home. Mm-hmm. But the way the hood was set up and the ghetto was set up, that wasn't set up for comfort. That wasn't set up for us to thrive. No. That was set up for us to fail. To be like, you know, packed up in, like that was a, an experiment that the, was it the German did on, the Germans did on, on the Jewish to keep them down. Right. And it worked. Right. <laughs> so we were put in that position to fail. So it's like, we, it's kind of like we, we get comfortable with how we came up and almost feel like we're, we're, we're dissing our, our, our ancestors, so to speak. Well, well, they live like that and they, you know, so who am I to say that I can't live in the hood and I can't be, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like you can aspire for a better situation. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with wanting to live in a safer neighborhood. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have land and not having somebody right next door to you. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, but it's like we we kind of look down upon people striving to do better and right. greater with because right. those that are crabs insecure, in, crabs in a barrel, crab in a barrel. Those yeah. that are insecure, they want to bring you down to their level. Mm-hmm. And we just got to start being more independent yeah. in that way of thinking and as far as our achievement and what we want for our life. Yeah. 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 You know, and as we talk about this, I. You know, again, I, I keep thinking about so many issues that are in my own community, mm-hmm. in the African community, because we have a lot of unity problems mm. within the different African groups. Right. And then within the countries, there's tribalism and there's this isms and isms and isms and isms and isms that are like, you know, divide and conquerors really come in strong to get people to divide and, mm-hmm. and you know, and you look at... It works. It's working really well. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even most of those countries, those are just Europeans drawing lines. They'll draw a line here and go, okay, you are Zimbabwe. You're Mozambique. Mm. The place that I come from, actually, we're right on the border. Mm-hmm. I'm actually Mozambican. That's who, because you would just walk over there. There's Mozambique right there. <laughs> and the British came and said, oh, actually, right there. Mm. I got a family over there. My blood. Mm. This is how far, you know, so it's all, you know, this is a big mess. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. So where do we go from here, bro? You know, I think, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, I really am curious to have a follow on conversation with some young, some younger kids, some young people. Yeah. To get because I think I I suspect there's a whole different thing there that's mm-hmm. that would be surprised by, but I think it's yes yeah, it's, it's cultural because you you think about uh like people that grow up in New York where it, it's a melting pot and so there's not a huge like racial prejudice or stereotype between people there and it's like everybody's different right. And we're used to living with each other. Right. So it's not this big shock of, oh, you're, you're what? Yeah. yeah. Or what kind of accent is that? It's like, oh, whatever. I went to school with this guy. I went to high school. I went to middle school. My best friend lived down the street. Whatever. So it's just like, once we, I guess, live with each other for an extended period of time, some of these things will hopefully kind of like yeah. fade off into the distance. They won't be so shocking or like jarring or whatever, yeah. you know? I think there's just a lot of, you know, cross-pollination that is good for us yeah uh, a lot we can you know we can work together on mm-hmm. um, a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, I the thing that I would encourage people out there is to look into is to look into 
the culture of where, you know, the mother culture, you know, the Indian people have their stuff that mm-hmm. they do, mm-hmm. the Punjab or Hindu and the Shivas and all their gods, and then the Chinese, I got the Buddhas, everybody got their thing. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow, for black people, we're, we're not interested in our thing. Well, our thing is there, and we don't know what our thing we don't, is. We don't know. We don't know our thing. It's and been that, taken and destroyed, and mm-hmm. or and that just goes for gentrified. Mm-hmm. All of that, you know. And that so. goes for us here, mm-hmm. and that goes for in the diaspora, and that goes for on the ground right now in Zimbabwe. You'd be hard pressed to find young people who are interested in any who are interested at all in the, in, in culture and in their culture mm. because they're looking over here. Looking to the American culture, going yeah, we want that. Mm-hmm. We see it in the Kardashians and whatever and all that, because that's what's being exported. So you have this weird. They thing rock happening. with the Kardashians in Zimbabwe. Oh, it's huge. What? Oh my God. Why? Everything that's everything. It's all there. Oh my. Goodness. Oh yeah, and this and they're going wow. Wow. It's all cross pollinating and it's creating problems. The same, some of the same things that I was sitting here that. We were that I was saying earlier at the beginning, saying okay, these are things that maybe where Africans would be judging mm-hmm. what African Americans are doing. These things are happening back home. Things yeah. are like, yeah, it's so. Don't make it. Don't don't even get it twisted that this is just like <laughs> things are like just upside down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there yeah, the culture is is also like you know, and maybe culture is dynamic. Anyway, culture is something that you know you can interpret it, but and maybe it changes but there's still just parts of it that are just and there's a, a very strong part of the of the of the because if you look at like Zimbabwe for example more than half of the population lives in the rural areas mm-hmm. live in the boonies mm-hmm. they might not they don't have access necessarily to yeah. you know, all that but so they're going to be closer to living how you know traditional life yeah and then you have people who live in the city who are just going to be city 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 is city is city mm-hmm. anything goes yeah Wow. So, so again, putting it into just in that big picture sense, but, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, we just need to develop some culture. Get yeah, just, just know, we just need to know. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. Yeah, we need that to we need to open up to, ourselves mm-hmm, to. So, look into what what the cultures have to offer. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Hello. But yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you coming back. And having this conversation, Thank this you, isn't man. the easiest conversation, man. No, but, yeah, yeah. But I think we, I think we waded through some things, and uh, hopefully, y'all that's listening, man, y'all, y'all picked up on some things and learned something new, or just got a new perspective. So, if you are African out there, and you know, and you feel like you're not making a, a connection with your African American brothers and sisters, Hello. just start a conversation. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be deep, but just try to try to reach out. And same for. African Americans reach out to your African brothers and sisters get to know them a little bit better get to know their culture um, make a concerted effort to know them and not just judge them just because you think you know who they are and you think you know what their background is just based upon our limited knowledge of black history in America you know so um, once again it's the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our world views man we can continue the conversation man hit us up on Instagram at SXSNDLS on Twitter at SXSNDLS my personal page on Instagram Emmanuel since 85 
Uh, Shingy, how can how can the people get a hold of you, man? Uh, my t- homie on Twitter. Hello, baby. Uh, we hold on. I gotta look. You said I gotta check. I gotta I check real quick, now. man. What is my Twitter? <laughs> Twitter is. What if I find it before you? Let me see if I can find it. Hello, baby. Ah, Meruti Shingi. M E R U T I S H I N G I. That's uh, my Twitter handle. Let's go. So hit the, hit the man up, man. If y'all got any questions, y'all want to holler at us, we'll be glad to holler back. All right? So appreciate y'all for listening. Holler at y'all next time. Peace out. What up, y'all? C. Manuel hopping in. Hope y'all enjoyed this replay of Diaspora Disconnect with my guy, Shingy and I. Um, hope y'all had a, or hope you are having a good holiday season so far. Um, hope you have a great New Year's coming around the corner and 2019 is about to be awesome for everybody, man. I know it's going to be awesome for myself. I'll speak for myself. It's going to be a beautiful year, a great year, a lot of things coming to fruition. Uh, I hope y'all are speaking the same things over your lives and over your career. Um, a lot of new content coming out. Great content, man. Got some interviews already lined up, um, and recorded and, uh, the best is yet to come. You know what I'm talking about? So. Socks and Sandals 2019 is about to be a big year. Appreciate y'all for listening. If you have not went on iTunes and rated five stars, please do that. It definitely helps with visibility. But most of all, most of all, please leave your guy a comment. Feedback is much appreciated. And the visibility of the comments, man, I just, I just, Love for people to read that and know that what they're going to be listening to, what they're getting into is good stuff. But uh, and, and even if it isn't that great, you know what I mean? Constructive criticism is always welcome. So please go on iTunes, five stars with the rating. Leave a comment. Let me know how you feel in the podcast, what you think about it, what you like about it, what you want to see about it, what your favorite episode is, whatever the case might be. Um, appreciate y'all for listening once again. Socks and Sandals. 2018 is a wrap actually i might drop one bonus episode before the year is out but we'll see about that i'll be in la i'll see what i'll do but uh hope y'all have a good one all right appreciate y'all for listening peace all right y'all my daughter riley wanted to talk to you really quickly before we go go ahead riley what you want to tell the people thank you for coming to our house we're going home to say joyfully mm-hmm what else and taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And you're going to bed. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for calling <coughs> somebody. And thanks for calling Mommy and Daddy, Elijah, and me. And thanks for driving home and playfully. Okay. Thank and, you, Riley. Oh, you got one last thing. Thank you for his day. Thank you for everyone for going to bed and they're in our sleep. Oh, thank you for and the prayer. Thank you for the prayer, Riley. Amen. Can you can you record it? I re I recorded it. All right, y'all. I'll let you next week.